Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This crowd rises to its feet. Hakaro slammed it home. Garland left wing. Three ball. Perfect. Garland in front of the lane. Locked. The only pow. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Pow with the left hand and a foul. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Chaos Media family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Chase Down is presented by Fubo, the official streaming partner of the Cavs. Watch over 350 channels of live sports and TV, including Bally Sports Ohio, without cable. There's no cost and no commitment. Try for free at FuboTV.com slash Cavs. The Cleveland Cavaliers split their two-game trip in Florida. They will head to Boston tonight. We are recording live after a tough loss to the Orlando Magic. You know, sometimes this is a make or miss league. Hopefully this podcast will be a make because the Cavs certainly got a lot of misses out tonight. And joining me today is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, buddy. Uh, You know, it was not a fun game, but it was a game that I thought was still pretty encouraging. Um, I think that one of the rough parts about this season has been that every loss has felt like the world is ending. This is a normal loss. Yep. And like a normal loss on the road to a very good team, especially a, a great team at home. Orlando's 11 and two at home now. Um, it happens, you know, there, there was a lid on the bucket and uh, it just was one of those games where I just don't think like any shot left any player's hand looking good. You know, D- <laughs> Dean was pretty much the only one where I was like, okay, that's coming off his hands well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the footwork was off, you know, you know, when Darius missed his three in a row uh, on, the, on that one possession, the, it just didn't, you know, you knew, I knew before it went out, it left his hands that all three were going to be short. He just yeah. didn't have his legs under him on them. You know, it's just one or of those maybe nights where... after getting stomped on. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Uh, you know, it's just one of those nights where the, the, the shots just weren't falling. Um, but with that said, I really did like their effort, uh, to close out the game. I think, you know, if Donovan gets that call and you're down four with about, you know, a, a minute left, uh, if he makes those free throws, then, you know, you, you were right in this thing. Yep. Um, I, it just kind of felt like the kind of night where it wasn't going to happen because, <laughs> yep. you know, uh, Struce, Niang and Okoro combined to go one for 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the field, which is a low percentage. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just one of those things. Uh, I thought Darius was uh, stellar, but yeah, just one of those nights where the offense didn't have it. Jarrett in horrible foul trouble uh, pretty much the whole night. Only played 15 minutes. Um, and uh, that's what Orlando does a really good job at. They yeah. did all the things they're good at. Yeah, and, and it's funny because... I think if you're looking to list who I believe played well in this game, it's Darius, it's Tristan, and it's probably Dean. Like, I, I feel like Dean really played well defensively. Uh, he hit some shots. He was active. He got some steals. It, those would be the three that I would say played well. But I feel like the effort level was pretty high across the board. Like, I, I think everybody was playing hard. Um, I actually thought, you know, prior to that run that Orlando made in the third quarter, I was enjoying it. Like, it was a sloppy game, but I felt like both teams were really competing hard. Orlando wanted to avenge the the loss last week that they had Jalen Suggs back. I, I'm ha- definitely happy 
that we mentioned last game uh, that we played against Orlando that, hey, Suggs went out and that's going to make life easier for the guards because I thought Jalen Suggs was absolutely exceptional on Donovan Mitchell tonight defensively. Um, you, you mentioned the, the missed foul call at the end, but, it, you know, he was really making him work the entire night. And um, I, I just thought that he did a really, really, really tremendous job on the defensive end. And, you know, Suggs, Suggs played with his hair on fire, you know, like he was he was like a, just an absolutely nasty on ball defender. And I, I, I must say, though, it's time to give up, Jalen. I, I was hoping you weren't going there. Let I, go. I literally was biting my lip. Let it go, Jalen. Like and it's Orlando okay. and Orlando when they're fully healthy too. Like we should mention Markel Fultz isn't there. Like you can see how this is one of the best defensive teams in the league. And you know, in the third quarter in particular, I felt like the Cavs were really suffering from the lack of ability to put pressure on the rim. And obviously some of that has to do with Evan Mobley not being in this game, Jared Allen being out uh, because of you know, uh, foul trouble that's going to limit it. But I think it does also show one of the limitations with this roster, which is we don't have wings that can provide that kind of rim pressure that, that can, you know, really attack the basket. Cause Max Struess, I mean, he's been an amazing addition where we couldn't be more thrilled with him. He's not great at finishing at the rim and, and getting to there at a high level. It isn't within his wheelhouse. George Niang will do it a little bit, but you know, he had a terrible game. Um, I, th I think we might need to go back to the minivan for a little bit because this as a debut for G-Wagon, uh, this was not his strongest game. But I, I do think, you know, not having a wing that can uh, apply rim, uh, rim pressure in those situations, it makes it harder to open things up, especially when you have Jalen Suggs doing such a good job on Donovan Mitchell. Um, I, I just thought that that was kind of one of the takeaways that I had, whereas like, Man, just from a personnel standpoint, we didn't have it. And all the obvious caveats are there. If you shoot normally, it's going to open up some things. But you want to be able to have that in your bag when you do have those off-shooting nights so you're not a team like Boston where, hey, it's make or miss. There's nothing we could really do about it. We just took our threes, and tonight we didn't hit them. Like, you want to have that that backup plan. And it felt like the Cavs did, just weren't able to generate that type of pressure. I don't. I don't know if I all the way agree with that. I mean, I, I think a lot of the that pressure really came from the lack of, of of bigs on the floor. The fact that Niang was having a really rough game. You know, I, I you look at that third quarter, and you know, first off, you know, Suggs was just phenomenal. I mean, truly phenomenal. I mean, he could not be screened. Every pin down uh, that they were setting for him. Uh, he he was barely being touched, uh, and you know it's not like Tristan Thompson is some slouch screener. Yeah. Um. Like I mean, he was really really working his ass off to stay attached to Donovan's hip, and then uh, in the third quarter, I think the big change they made was that they started blitzing the crap out of those pick and rolls. Yep. Uh. You know, Goga Batsate is not normally an up to the level kind of big, uh, or beyond the level. I mean, that's a blitz. This felt like I was watching. The, you know the 2012 Miami Heat um, uh, with the with that scheme like you don't see a lot of blitzing that hard uh, mm -hmm. in, in the league anymore and it it was a team that kind of knew their personnel like to your personnel end I don't think it's as much as the Cavs didn't have big wings as much as Tristan Thompson was the release valve mm -hmm. and I, I in Orlando rightfully uh, was like hey if Tristan catches it on on the release at 15 feet out like we're going to bet that we can recover. And that's, you know, that's just, you know, not, it, it kind of is the kind of game that makes you value what Evan, a guy like Evan does in the short role. 
yeah the I, fact I agree that with his that. processor is so so fast so like i think i think it was a little bit of uh i i do think like this is a tough matchup with so, yeah, a guy like suggs that can you know really ride mitchell up and down the floor then you have the lack of the bigs and and uh you know the big playmaking and then just some great schematic changes from Jamal Mosley. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I thought that move to the blitz was really, really smart. Um and it, it really gunked up the Cavs what the Cavs were trying to do. And you know, when the Cavs played it well, they generated a lot of open threes. They took forty tonight. They just didn't make a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. It it's and obviously the bigs would be the the ones applying that rim pressure i'm just saying in general you didn't have a wing that could also do that and i i think i liked in the first half going to sam merrill as the kind of deeper guy in the rotation because i thought you needed to get that shooting i thought he played really well against miami he was shooting it well here i actually was impressed by his way of like navigating screens defensively like i I thought his his compete level was really high uh there was a couple ill-advised attempts to the basket where i'm like you're not getting this. Like you're you're driving by Franz, so he's going to be that, on your that, hip, and you're trying that transition to transition layup to start the third. <laughs> you're you're trying or, to finish over Palo yeah. too, and like this is this is just not going to go well for you. You're not going to be getting the call in this situation. But in the third, I think I would have gone to Craig Porter Jr. just to try to Same. get some of that rim pressure going, and to even though you know Merrill's going to provide the shooting, he's not going to provide the the same creation in those spots, and I think you would hope that Craig could alleviate some of that pressure and hey, maybe, you know, it's going to open up an opportunity for Donovan off a switch, or maybe he's going to get Max or, or Niang the, the type of shot that they need to start to get going a little bit. But overall, like I'm just trying to find, you know, the, those constructive things within this game, because I thought the compete level was high. I thought the Cavs played well defensively. I thought for the most part, outside of that run in the third quarter, they generated consistently good looks. And, you know, like sometimes you're just not going to make them right. Like the the fact that with Jared Allen in foul trouble and Evan Mobley uh, obviously not being available for the game, that you won the rebounding battle. You you out rebounded them 48 to 43 on the offensive glass. You beat them 18 to 12 uh, turnovers against a team that generates a ton of turnovers. The fact you only had 14 uh, to their 12 turnovers is a plus. The only crappy thing is points off of turnovers. They had 26 to your 11. And I thought the Cavs, as much as they left opportunities on the table uh, at the free throw line and with the three-point misses, their finishing in transition and their decision-making in those spots left a lot to be desired. And, you know, one was Darius, I I think, trying to get Donovan going, lobbing it up to him, which was completely ill-advised. The Donovan pass to Darius was ill-advised. There was... was, like and Darius's fill and transition was ill advised. Like run to the corner, bro. Yeah, it 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 just there was that a, was a, bad. There was a few too many of kind of those record scratches in those spots. But overall, I'm feeling pretty good about where the Cavs are right now because I think the win in Miami, uh, especially with the way that started with, with Darius getting in foul trouble early in that one and not really playing the first half, going down 16. I thought stacking that win after a really resilient game against Orlando was a a big, big step forward. And we talked about how we want to see the Cavs go ideally, you know, two and two on on this road trip. We were saying that before we knew Evan Mobley was going to be out and uh, Karis LeVert wasn't going to be coming back either, right? Like, I thought we were potentially going full squad here and this was still going to be a test. So for the Cavs to to play like they have and, and, you know, split these first two, 
I, I still feel like we're on track, especially considering the context. Well, brother, you hit like nine different things there that I wanted to react to, and I've kind of lost the plot because you just bounced from <laughs> so many things. So I guess I'll just try to remember and go in order. Yeah, uh, that, I'm, I'm so long-winded. I'm, I'm the worst. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay, brother. Uh, so one thing I did want to hit on with the with the potential CPJ minutes, and I agree with you. I would have I would have played him right in the third quarter when they went to that blitz because you know there, there, there's a couple ways to attack the blitz. Right there is. Um, there is to just, you know, hit the, hit the, um, outlet valve in your big, um, and just kind of loft the ball over. You can try to split it, which, you know, Donovan is an amazing ad, but it's super, you know, super difficult, especially against a team like Orlando, which is just, you know, arms as far as the eye can see. One thing that you can also do is just try to blast around the big and mm. Bizzatze is not a particularly fleet footed center. Neither is neither is Mo Wagner, and I think something that they could have they could have kind of played with schematically is just having C, you know a, a top percentile athlete like CPJ and just crazy bursty just attack Bitsadze even though he came up against him and just sneak around him. I, I think I think that would have been an angle they could have generated that would have really given them the 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 four on threes. Uh, you know, the the real advantages that I think they struggle to get at points during that third. So I, I do think that was a thing I would have liked to see. I think he he would have been he's just been too consistent at injecting life into the offense when it gets stale for me not to have turned to him there. So I think that is a, a, a legitimate uh criticism there. Mm-hmm. Um Gosh, I don't remember what else you hit. You hit so many things. Um, <laughs> the the win in Miami, resilience, maybe. Well, you know, I, uh, whatever. I think we could just probably, probably move on to uh, your boy, Tristan Thompson, who oh. put in a real yeoman's effort on the, in this one, man. Yeah, well, I, I think before we get to Tristan, we should probably mention, I think this was Jarrett's worst game of the year. Um, I, He's had a couple weird ones in a row, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a, a tough three-game stretch for him. He hasn't hit double digits. Um, you know, he had been so good prior to that that it's a little jarring. And, of course, these last two games without Mobley, you kind of hope that he'd play better. Uh, I think Orlando can be a little bit tricky just because of their ability to really put pressure on you and, and attack the Rams. Yeah, he has 11 fouls in the two games against them. Right, yeah. Th- those are the games he, he got in foul trouble. That wasn't the case against Miami. I thought Miami, he actually didn't get the greatest whistle when he was trying to finish around the rim where there was a lot of contact being allowed on both ends and it just didn't work out for him. But I I thought in this game in particular, there was just a few too many instances where he was leaving his feet defensively. Um, The the third foul against Joe Ingles really jumps out to me where I was like, "Ah, you really don't have to be leaving your feet here. You have such a length advantage. And I just worry that he's a little bit of a a step slow and and with, you know, the, the injuries the Cavs have dealt with all throughout this year like i'm like oh is the foot okay he but he doesn't seem to be in pain so maybe this is just a little bit of a funk um but obviously you know we, he's been such a difference maker for the Cavs that it stands out when he's not being the that same level of difference maker so uh he's especially going to have, when evan is not there to play back up five <laughs> right right so you know he's got the freshest legs on the team uh probably going in tomorrow's game against boston It'd be nice to, to see him uh step up in that game but yeah he's just got to return to form like there, there's not a lot of you know interesting takeaways from there i think you know he's just got to be better and uh just a little more disciplined on the defensive end and um i thought occasionally uh some of it he was being put in 
a tough spot defensively where there wasn't enough uh protection at the point of attack but overall he's just got to stay on his feet but for Tristan to step in the way that he did and, and provide the the level of effort he did like you, you look at the night and it was basically Darius and Tristan were the only ones with like a positive plus minus Darius was plus six in his minutes and Tristan was plus eight in a game that they lost by 10 29 um, minutes <laughs> I, I hope I hope he's got some ice packs on the plane man 10 10 points uh 13 rebounds two assists two blocks like i i believe he he uh blocked uh wagner both times which which was fun to see um so yeah uh, tristan stepping up in the wagner was getting grumpy yeah talk about an emotive player uh he was he he you can tell uh wagner likes to talk a little bit and uh it was fun seeing tristan um you know pin him to the glass two like two possessions in a row <laughs> and I, I think he was a little frustrated with how poorly his first game went against cleveland where, where mobley just did such a phenomenal job on him so i actually thought you know for the Cavs to do a pretty good job defensively on wagner to do a good job defensively on palo who i was happy to see him return to the game after what looked like a, a scary injury um, I thought they did a really good job on that, but you know, just... I, I think the Cavs just did not lose this game on defense. I mean, 104 points in regulation is is a very very respectable outing. Yep. Um, you know, uh, Paolo scored 20 on 21, Wagner scored 19 on 18. Um, like that's those the kind of numbers you like to see. Yep. Like that's 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 normally enough for a win against the Orlando Magic. And honestly, it's tough to have that kind of a defensive performance when you're not hitting shots, right? Like when it's so much easier to run off of those misses and, and whatnot. And considering how many points they gave up in transition, like their half court defense was really, really stout uh, throughout this whole game. So I, I thought overall it was good. They just didn't get the the shooting support they needed. And, you know, we know the value of good support here. Thanks to Zoom. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. Half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone chat, workspaces, events, apps, and video. Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe. Zoom, how the world connects. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Carter, we really buried the lead, though, because the most fun part of this game from Macau's perspective is Darius. He's back, baby. I, I, I yeah. feel confident. Like, he, he, the these last two games since we last podcasted, for him to get in foul trouble early against Miami things not go his way for him to not be rattled and come out in the third quarter and score the way that he did. And then, you know, tonight, 36 points, uh, five assists, six rebounds, um, two steals. Like he was doing it all on the court and it was nice to see him get up, uh, some threes as well. Uh, it, it didn't go that, that one stretch where he took three in a row. Uh, I was really, really trying to will all of those in. Um, but it, it was nice to see him start to take those attempts to, to be more assertive. And I just feel like over the last few games, he's looking a lot more like the Darius we, we've kind of been become accustomed to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I liked that he was pulling. Um, I liked that he, I mean, he was just killing them at the rim. Uh, he, they, you know, you talk about 
just a tough matchup for Orlando. I think they didn't really have anyone that they could throw at Darius. I mean, obviously Suggs, you know, maybe they sh- maybe they could have tried, but he was doing so good on Donovan that I think they were more than happy to make that trade off. So, you know, uh, but I thought he did a really, I remember just a couple of years ago, it kind of felt like you could put length on Darius and he mm-hmm. would really have a hard time beating that. Um, he cooked Franz when Franz was his primary matchup, got, got clean angles to the rim almost every time generated clean open threes for his teammates. Um, you know, this will, I think this will be a big, uh, check the potential assists kind of night oh, for yeah, Darius. For sure. and, um, cause I, cause that, I mean, it, he was clean, he was creating good looks every time he was on the floor, and I I feel like he navigated uh, those traps a lot better than than Donovan did on the night too. Like uh, one of the things I noticed was the Cavs were setting up a lot further behind the three point line to kind of give those passing lanes and those outlets there. And Donovan tried splitting a couple times, and he usually ended up with Jalen Suggs on his hip, and, and some of the led to to turnovers from him, but. Darius, I thought he did a good job of giving up the ball or and, and then relocating, getting the ball back. And, and just the fact that he was able to finish as well as he did at the rim against such a long team, I, I find to be really impressive. Like, I, I thought this was a much, much better balance where we look back on the Detroit game where we're like, you know, you're really like trying to get the fouls a little too frequently here. And it's throwing off your overall flow to your game. I thought tonight he drew fouls well, he finished well at the rim, he took threes, he set guys up well. It was the perfect floor balance game from Darius, and I was just really, really impressed with with his night overall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was uh, it was a really fun night. And uh, Justin, I got to be honest, I got something in my eye. I got to go wash my eye out. Give me give me two seconds, guys. All right, I will absolutely. <laughs> you don't fill. have to fill. I'll, we, I'll just throw up a slate for a minute. Sorry, oh, guys. Oh my goodness. Sorry about that. Yeah, my eyes are like bright red. I was ready to fill. had a little something in their eye today maybe maybe that's what was going on i i'm i'm ready to embrace all conspiracy theories because when max Struess was hanging on the rim trying to level that out because he felt it was a little bit crooked i'm i want to launch an investigation i i think the rim was crooked that's the only explanation for this many shooters to 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 go as cold as they did and, and honestly like right now I, I feel like the Cavs are at a point where the question is the offense I feel like the the offense is moving well. They're generating looks, and it's just a matter of time. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Can they continue to maintain this positive momentum that they've been building and kind of weather the storm and allow guys like Darius to to find his form again and and to get back into that rhythm offensively? Or, you know, going into tomorrow against Boston, I, I think the safe assumption is that's probably going to be a loss. Boston's going to be very rested. We're going to be shorthanded. I'm not expecting Mobley or, or Levert back for that game either. So, you know, that's going to be a really tough situation. So can they navigate that if, if in fact, they aren't able to pull an upset win? 
uh, are they able to bounce back from that and, and come away with a win on Thursday and, and continue this momentum? Because, you know, the schedule is going to ease up a lot come January. It's just a matter of, of whether or not the, the Cavs can, you know, continue to, to build a positive momentum and that they don't get discouraged when they miss shots as a result of good process, which I, I think is the real test right now. Yeah, and I thought they did a pretty good job uh, with that um, in this game. I do really think they generated pretty good looks. Like I know, I know that there was a stretch in the third quarter where it was really, really ugly. However, I do think that the back end of that, like seven or eight minute scoreless stretch, mm-hmm. they had they they had figured it out, and they just still were missing. Yeah, you I know. Agree. So uh, I I just feel like of discouraging losses. This was among the least discouraging to me. Um, yeah. uh, to your point about the schedule lightening up, uh, the Cavaliers have the 25th hardest schedule for Tankathon uh, the rest of the way. Uh, sure expect that to go down after two straight games against Boston, yeah. uh, where they'll and, probably and Orlando, honestly, further. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, the Orlando one was already factored in. Oh, okay. Um, but but yeah, so I, I think ultimately like they they had a really, really um resilient game in this one. Man, am I bummed that the first two games against Boston are the second half of a back to back and the third game in four nights. Yeah, um I don't really consider the third game in four nights too much just because you're in the same city and you have the day off. Like I, I feel like that's a manageable thing, especially with, with- as far as three and four goes it's the best kind yeah like it's usually when it's three and four where you've had travel between all of them and the thirds of back-to-back like that's that's where you really kind of see the tired legs so i i think you know the, the Cavs get up for these games i i expect them to even though you know tonight w- was a grinded out game i i think they're going to battle tomorrow and you know the the tricky thing with boston is they're just so damn good offensively and they're so good at home but the the whole ball game with them is they jack up threes like and if those threes aren't going down if they're a little bit rusty because they basically haven't played in a week um that could go in the Cavs favor but at the same time I'm going to be interested watching that Boston game of whether or not they're able to keep their identity defensively or if they're going to start over helping because I think if the Cavs stay within their scheme and you know you just kind of live with the the shots that Boston's going to take that's going to make it harder for them if they're not hitting their threes. But if they start to hit their threes and you start overreacting to that, all of a sudden you start to generate too many open looks. And I think we saw that earlier in the year with the Cavs defense. So that's going to be one of those things that I'm I'm really focusing on, especially in the second night of a back-to-back. Boy, does it hurt against Boston to not have Evan. And I'm assuming we're not going to have Evan. And, and, and we'll choose to be pleasantly surprised uh, if he ends up playing because... You can match, you can go as big as them. Uh, and not a lot of teams can do that. You know, you can play Evan, put him on Tatum. You can put Jared on Porzingis. And then when, you know, when they go to their uber big lineup with Horford at the four, you can put Dean in at the three. And Dean has historically done a really nice job on Tatum. So you can kind of maintain your defensive shell. You don't have to break containment to go chase Tatum around but you can't do that in this construct. So, you know, the Cavs will have to play a little smaller without Evan, certainly without Karras as well, who, you know, killed killed Boston uh, in, in that early game last year. And uh, the matchup just gets a lot harder. You know, Evan is kind of the Swiss Army knife that 
I, I was really proud of the Cavaliers' ability to make the games against Boston hideous last year. Mm. You know, they made them ugly and made Boston kind of just become the walk up and chuck a three team that they are at their worst. Yeah. And it's going to be a harder job to do that with the roster construction the way it is. Uh, But I think in terms of what I'm most interested to see is I thought that Boston couldn't do much with Darius and Donovan as a backcourt last year. Um, Marcus smart. It wasn't, he was, he was good on Donovan, but not good on Darius. I don't think Marcus smart has ever been a good Darius Garland defender. I agree. And now they have, you know, the best perimeter defensive duo in the league and drew holiday and Derek white. And I would presume that Derek white will take the Garland assignment and drew will take the Donovan assignment. Um, and both those are tough, you know? So I, I'm interested to see if the Cavs can get their offense off despite that, you know, point of attack. And then I'm interested to see how switchy uh, Boston decides to get, given that, you know, the Cavs' length advantage is a little mitigated with Mobley out of the lineup. Yeah, yeah. It's going to need to be a good uh, game from Jared because you look at those guard defenders and, like, it's a toss-up between which one's the best guard defender in the league right now, right? Like, it's Derek White and, and Drew Holiday are phenomenal. So, if they're going to be applying pressure and you have the length of Jason Tatum and, and uh, Jalen Brown and Kristaps Porzingis around them, that's going to be really, really tough for the Cavs to generate good offense if they're not applying rim pressure, right? Like, that's that's just taking too many things offensively off of the table and you're you're already likely down your top outlet guy in Evan Mobley like I I think against the defense that's as good as Boston that's a really really tough task because you you look at like the the schedule adjusted uh defensive rating Boston's number two like that's the, the second best defense in the league and they're even better at home that's the fifth best offense that's the best net rating in the league that that might be the the best team in the league right now with uh you know Denver being down Jamal Murray like this is the the toughest test that the Cavs have faced all season and it's made tougher be- because of the the situation in terms of schedule and who they have it's available. It's funny you all um, you, um, you don't to be clear but you almost wish that they had just lost by 15 tonight and packed it in with five minutes to go just to save everyone's legs if you were going to lose anyway but obviously you can't you can't coach that way you can't play that way. No, no, you can't. But it's it's going to be a really tough test, and I'm interested to see how they do. And like, frankly, I'm more interested in Thursday. Like, I I just you know I I am always ready to be pleasantly surprised, but I, I just think like tomorrow's game is going to be very very difficult against Boston with the situation. And I'm interested to see how they adjust. So obviously, more adjustments are going to be available uh, to to JB and the coaching staff if Evan returns uh, for either of these games. Um, but if he doesn't, I'm interested to see, are they able to find other ways to, to counteract whatever Boston's doing in this Tuesday game? Like I, I, I really do like these situations where, where you play the same team twice and there isn't travel, uh, especially if you have a day off, because I, I just feel like that lends itself to, to some of that game planning and changes that, that you can make. And I thought the Cavs have made some good adjustments lately overall, like a JB going to zone against Miami really changed turned the tide of that game like they, it turned a, a being down 16 into a halftime lead that they just kind of built on from there um i i thought you know 
setting up offensively a little further away from the three-point line closer to half gives you better outlets when when teams are trapping and blitzing so I, I I feel like they've been making good adjustments but you are going to run into the limitations of your personnel to some extent yeah and like you know as good of a Tristan Thompson game as this as this Orlando uh game was I just don't know if you can ask that of him two games in a row you know at this point not, not coming career, off of know? 30 minutes not coming yeah. off of 30 uh, minutes and like you know and frankly like this is a spot where you kind of have to say like you know where you do ha- you might kind of have to be like hey like damien we need you we need you to 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 be tough give you some give us some boards um because like if if not a game like if not a spot like this for damien you know, it, it kind of feels like a spot. If not then, then when year. kind of thing. Yeah. Right? It kind of feels like it's just he's not going to get a chance to play even when the team is under duress. Um, I mean, this is an Orlando team that was huge. And um, the fact that, you know, they just went to Wade and Niang sharing duties at the five kind of shows you where they are uh, in terms of kind of their trust for that for that fourth, fifth big spot uh, for for Damian uh, or even Isaiah Mobley for that matter. Um yeah. So like, I think if not, you know, I think you said it right. If not, if not tomorrow, it just might not be happening uh, this year for, for Damien, which would be disappointing because I think clearly he was someone that the Cavs front office really liked. They wouldn't, you know, you don't normally trade. <laughs> it was an unusual transaction, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'll, what I'll say. So um, really hope he can kind of get a chance to make an imprint, um, and uh and and help out a little because again i just there's just it's pretty relying on tristan thompson to give you good minutes right now if jared gets in foul trouble yeah it's it's a lot to ask especially second i'm back to back for tristan there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Um, but before we wrap this up, I, I do want to get your thoughts on the in-season tournament uh, wrapping up. Uh, obviously, the Lakers won. LeBron got his in-season tournament MVP. That, that was kind of fun to see. What were what were your thoughts of it? Because th- this was something that you and I have been keeping a, a close eye on, and I, I just want some of your takeaways now. Now that we've seen it in its entirety, great success. Um, you know, uh, maybe a little contrived, maybe a little forced, but you know what? What isn't? Uh, you know, uh, in, in, any like marquee, right? Yeah, any <laughs> any 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 marquee thing like this, uh, someone has to come up with an idea and say, "What if we did this?" Um, and then, you know, if, if the league was going to, I think the league did a really nice job of supporting it. Um, they pushed it that I thought the courts were actually, I didn't like the courts at at first. And, uh, they, I think it was one of the most inspired bits of iconography that I've seen in a while in terms of throw it, throw aside your opinion of the design of the courts. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that if you turn on a game and saw the court, you're like, Oh, it's a tournament game. Yeah. Like, that was really nice in in a way that you know you didn't have to you know put a big bug on the screen that said in season tournament um you know i think they learned a lot of good lessons i'm sure they're going to tweak a little bit uh year over year obviously i had my opinions 
um, either on the last one or the pod before that, where I kind of talked about, I really do think, you know, expanding the, the pool of teams that gets in would be really nice. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I thought it was a really, really successful first try and, uh, just, you know, hope that, uh, uh, you know, hope, hope to see it continue. Yeah. I think, I think it will. Oh yeah. I, I think it will. I, I, I liked seeing that the competitiveness, uh, was up. Um, I thought as you got later into those knockout stages, I thought those games were phenomenal. I thought, um, with the, the exception of the Pelicans game, uh, all, all the, uh, the, the semifinals and, and even the finals were, were really well done and, and fun to watch. I, I wasn't sure at first why they were playing in Detroit with that court. Um, but uh, outside of that, I, I thought, you know, it, it was, it was fun. It felt like a, a big game. Um, the one thing they did that some uh, real, real quick before I have a question, did, did they like audio engineer this thing differently? Like, I felt like I could hear more court uh sounds and and more like crowd sounds it was well very specifically you could hear one couple in that lakers pacers game that were very clearly rooting for indiana and i could hear them the entire game i don't know if it was i feel like it was all the vegas games i i just i don't know i would love to to talk to to someone from uh from espn uh to get a sent to 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 learn i think they literally they mic'd it differently or did something because Everything just sounded. I felt like I could hear the players better. Um, I, I, I know, like that first, uh, the first, the double header wasn't as full, but like there's a lot of empty arenas uh, on yeah. any given NBA night, or you know, not full NBA arenas on any given night, and you couldn't hear as well as I as I could hear. I don't know. It was it was interesting. It, it was interesting, and if I'm putting all my cards on the table, I think in the semifinals, I was listening to a podcast while watching the game. I, I sometimes do that just to, to multitask, but the the final, I, I wanted to just kind of consume as an event, and it definitely felt like an event. The one thing I kind of had in mind was I was thinking like it, even if the one I, I felt FOMO because I'm like this would have been a great experience for the Cavs, and it sucks that a five point loss to to the runner up w- was enough to to kind of keep them out of it. Um, but I, I was just kind of thinking like from a fan perspective. It'd be nice if there was a little bit more of a break between knowing who qualifies for the the Vegas stages of this and you know the the actual semifinals and finals, just so that fans of those teams can buy tickets. Because I, I was listening to uh, Greatest of All Talk with our buddies Ben and Andrew, and they were talking about how even like some of the beat guys um, from Milwaukee were like, "Man, it was tough. Like we had to scramble. We were barely able to like." figure out our flights to, to get here in time. And I just feel like getting more of the fans of those teams there, I think you're going to be more likely to make a trip of it if you actually have the ability to plan and, and have that little bit of a break and, and make a trip of it. So uh, that was one thing I kind of had in mind because it definitely was different being a neutral site game rather than the intense crowds we saw at the earlier stages of the in-season tournament. And you know, I, I will I, say I'm just not a neutral site basketball fan uh, in in the macro. It's I, I get why you kind of have to do it for this. Yeah, and I see what what you know eventizing it. I think is smart. Makes perfect sense. As a personal taste thing, I just like a home court. I like a home crowd. And I w- I was thinking because you know me, I love my tweaks. I I love brainstorming ideas. I was like, 
wouldn't it be fun if like the winner got to host it the next year so you're like you're, you're it's king's court but then i'm like what happens if they don't make the in-season tournament and we're just running into schedule hell because we're, we're trying to uh get games in at the crypt i'm like that's that's not going to work but yeah it, it would be fun if maybe uh, you just get an automatic birth if you extend it to 16 i don't know there's ways yeah there's maybe. roads Maybe, but then I would be a hypocrite because I complained about that with uh, the CEBL finals Fair. For, Fair. for whoever was sticking here in the summer. So I thought it was a lot of fun. I loved seeing how seriously LeBron took it. Like, I, I think, you know, that's one of those moments where, and you and I have talked about this privately, so I'll, I'll give you credit there too. But that's one of those moments where LeBron recognizes kind of the, the way to be in the face of the NBA and how important it is for him to set the tone and for him to play as hard as he did it's absurd that he's able to get to that level still. Um, but, you know, the seriousness that he and Anthony Davis uh, apply to that game, like they were absolutely attacking the basket. They were locked in defensively. And I just thought it's such a good opportunity for the guys that don't have the playoff experience to experience an environment about uh, like that earlier in the season. I like I just feel like it's a cheat code and it's going to make them better prepared for the the playoffs just because of how seriously they took this tournament yeah absolutely i just uh you know it's i don't know if it was a conversation adam silver you know has with lebron where he's like hey man it'd be really cool if you were on board because like we've seen the degree to which you know the league the face of the league can kind of set the tone for something to succeed or fail like we've talked about this a lot with the all-star game that when LeBron takes it seriously, everyone else kind of starts taking it seriously. Yeah. Um. And uh. And so it was cool to see him do that, and just really cool to see him be this dominant. He was awesome. <laughs> he really was. And, he and- is so old. I saw a tweet that Joe Flacco is like twenty days older than him. That's, unbelievable that's absurd and, and congrats to browns fans that that's really fun to, to see flacco ball out like that i'm, I'm happy for you guys because uh anytime the the cleveland sports scene in general is happy i think it, it's better for the overall health um so <laughs> it's nice to see that win but yeah it's it's mind-boggling how good he is at, at that age still and it was it was interesting too to to watch them throw that much length at Halliburton to blitz the hell out of him and to see like even a six, five point guard. Like I, I think that goes to show you um, having the, the right counters there and having um, those outlets available is really important against that kind of a defense. Because even if you have a six, five point guard, like he's not able to jump over and throw those passes over the length. Like you have to be able to anticipate that and get the ball, your hands and relocate. But I thought they just did such a good job of preventing him from getting downhill and, uh, as a fel- uh, another team that has a very guard-orientated offense, I thought that that was something that w- was instructive that, that I was kind of keeping an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Huge success. Super fun tournament. Um, it was nice to have something to kind of pay attention to uh, in December. And, like, what's kind of nice is this should be the least interesting one, the the least stakes-fueled one. You know, it's the first one ever, you know? Um it, it like in a way like you know the, these tournaments kind of build on themselves uh over the course of history um you know these sorts of activations um the, they start mattering you know 15 20 years in a lot yeah. of times like that's just kind of how it works so the fact that the first one was fun that it was a nice proof of concept single elim basketball is fun as hell like 
like it worked and that's yeah. that's all you can say yeah and, and i think getting intensity at this time of the year is big because you know some people that don't love basketball but they they love to to follow their team and just keep an eye on the nba in general like most of them don't tune in until after christmas so i think anytime you can get eyeballs and improve the the level of play prior to christmas and now we're two weeks away from that like i i think that that's a, definitely a win so uh, i'm interested to see how it evolves i i hope next year the the Cavs make it further than they did um and you know what Let's uh, let's keep our fingers crossed, Carter. Maybe uh, we'll get proven wrong and, and the Cavs will be healthier sooner rather than later uh, and, and maybe even steal one of these games against Boston. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, we will be going uh, live Wednesday with uh, Bobby Manning, who will help break down the, the first game against Boston and preview the second. Uh, so looking forward to that. Big thanks to everyone that tuned in live. Make sure you like and subscribe. Click the notification bell so you know when we're going live. If you want to support us, uh, if you're listening via podcast and you want to support us, leave us a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat, send a screenshot that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. However you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. Until next time, go Cavs.